You're listening to Girls in Glory. Girls in Glory is a podcast giving you a 360-degree view of women's sport. This podcast will bring you the stories from the best female athletes, as well as giving you access to the support staff that help these women perform at their peak. You'll also hear from the media personalities who've been championing the women's game and the administrators and key decision makers who have been kicking the women's sport movement forward. I'm your host, Holly Ferling. I'm a cricketer, a journalist, and a lover of all things women's sport. Welcome to the second episode of the Girls and Glory podcast, and it's our first hack episode where an athlete will share their tips and tricks to performing at the elite level. Jess Jonathan is back, and she's been kind enough to share what her preparation looks like, particularly ahead of a busy tour like the T20 World Cup, as well as some of her pregame routines from journaling to having a bit of a dance. Let's get into it. Well, Jess Jonathan has joined me again for a bit of a different episode. I always really enjoy listening to how athletes prepare for how they play and also the tips and tricks that they've picked up along the way because I think it's always different for different sports and then I also think it's very different uh, with the individual and the, and the different personalities so I think this section we're, we're going to call a bit of a hack section I think I think it's really interesting to unpack how an athlete goes about their business so JJ thanks for joining me again no worries what I thought you were talking about my uh, cricketing ability then at one point. Oh. <laughs> the hack to cow? <laughs> Set a straight field? No. <laughs> um, what's been your best training tip over the years that, that you've picked up on? Uh, I think it's just a matter of people always say the one percenters, but I think it's pushing yourself um, a lot further than that. That you sort of Your body's always cap- more capable than what you think. Um, so I think for me the biggest thing has been trying to ensure that at least one way or another in every session I do something that's outside of my comfort zone, whether that's pushing myself to go a further cone or go an extra rep or um, put on an extra two and a half kilos on the bench press or whatever it might be, that um, the more that you do in little periods, um, sorry, in little segments over time, it actually gives you some really good results that sometimes it's sort of you can get so far ahead of yourself and think oh this this goal's un, unattainable but if you actually break it down piece by piece and actually figuring out sort of different ways that you can achieve it um, I think that's really sort of helped me sort of breaking things down. And what's something that's changed the way that you then perform out on the field? Um, well I think the biggest thing for me is my mental space um being a lot more aware um of when I am sort of flagging or when I'm vulnerable um and then having some really good strategies in place um to sort of help bring me back and um have myself mentally in a state ready to perform and you're always someone I always notice in the change room you're always someone that that journals before a, a game too aren't you yeah I do that's something that sort of has come up in the last sort of 12 months 12 to 18 months that with my, my psych, um, he's our Cricket Australia sports psych, Peter Clark, and um, I've done a lot of work with him and um, I figured out that that was something that sort of helped me really, um, I guess, put things in in a logical form. Um, I guess it's a way of getting things out that sometimes it's sort of, if it's all in your head, it can be a bit muddled. So it was sort of my way of sort of processing what was going on um, 
whether that be thoughts, feelings, emotions, game-related, life-related, um, I was just able to get it out. And um, then once I finished that, then I was like, okay, well, it's, now it's game time. And so you, meant, you mentioned the, the mental space. I always find it interesting to see how athletes perform and what their competitive mindset is. What do you think yours is, is when you're under the pump or you're, you're starting off a game and you're trying to, to, I guess, get the team off to the best start possible with the new ball – how do you how do you approach that? Um, I think it's changed on and off over time. I, I used to sort of um, really be scared, I guess, of being under pressure and under the pump. That sort of you just felt all this expectation sort of weighing you down. But I think it probably comes with the more that you've played, um, the more that you've trained. You sort of start to feel a bit more comfortable in those situations, and you sort of have learnt different ways of coping with it and um yeah I think like I've just always wanted to win and be the best at stuff so um I think figuring out any way that I can do that um and trying to yeah just do things to the best of my ability and um I can get a bit aggro at times a bit angry (laughs) but at the end of the day it's sort of yeah just trying to keep things still in perspective but I think as a an elite athlete you can't not be competitive you can't not want to win <laughs> absolutely and when you are under the pump how is it that you bring yourself back to the present moment everyone has different ways of of doing it but for you when when you're at your best you, you always seem so calm and in control how is it that you I guess really tap into that and whether it is you catching yourself in the moment before things get too far along the along the spectrum I think for me it's just remembering what I'm good at and what I am doing. Um, there's always the whole control the controllables sayings and all of that and they're very relevant. Um, and for me uh, it's sort of – it's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is thinking but I think like if I'm at the top of the mar- of my mark, I'm the one with the ball in my hand, I'm the one with the ultimate control about what I do. Um and it's sort of the amount of balls I've bowled, um, different types of deliveries, the amount of training sessions, hours put in. Um, you've got to have confidence in that and put faith in that, that it's going to come off in, in any situation. And um, trying to just, yeah, focus on myself and what I'm doing and just relax into that that way, sort of embrace pressure as opposed to see it as a threat. You spoke about training. What is a, a training day in the life of Jess Jonathan or an Australian cricketer look like? Um, well, I guess a, a training day is a bit different um, for an Australian cricketer, especially when we're in camp. It's sort of you have sort of multiple sessions in a day sometimes, and sometimes they're really long days, especially if you've got a meeting involved in there. But um, probably you say on a on a tour, um, we've obviously got some tours coming up that. You'll, we'll probably have some hydration testing in the morning. Um, we got to weigh in the good old cup. <laughs> it's a bit like a drug test, but <laughs> um, yeah. So you sort of got to do that and uh, make sure you're hydrated, ready for the day, and um, ready to perform. And then we'll probably go to um, the nets and sort of have a competitive net for a good few hours. Um, and then yeah, after that you sort of do some recovery, have some lunch, and then potentially have a, a gym session and rehab session after that, and followed by a bit of pool recovery again and a bit of an ice bath. And 
Um, hopefully then it's bedtime, but um, it's sort of, yeah, very, very different at different times of the season. Obviously um, when we're playing and, and training and travelling, it's sort of a bit harder to, to, I guess, put the same amount of hours as you would if you were in um, in your state-based programs where you're sort of just in the one spot the whole time and um, pre-season, a lot more running involved, um, much to my distaste. <laughs> <laughs> mine too, mine too. Um, so routines are, are very important to athletes and, and the really important thing to, to stipulate here is that routines are very different to superstitions. Superstitions are when if you don't do this, you're going to perform badly or it's, you, you almost lose the plot. Um, but routines kind of keep some sort of consistency. What's some of your routines, um, I guess, in the weeks leading up to a match or having to perform um, and then also on game day as well? Yeah, well, sort of. I'm. I don't like trying to overthink things too much, sort of leading into a game because I'm a massive thinker at the best of times. So, to try and just get myself away and not think about the game um, until probably the night before or the the day of. That's something that I try and do. Um, in terms of my meal the night before a game, I'll probably order some Uber Eats to get some Thai so I don't have to worry about cooking and, <laughs> and cleaning up. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of a way to, to relax me. It always sort of has to be some sort of Thai or noodle dish. Um, sort of gives me some good energy ready to burn the next day. And, um, yeah, I'll see wake up the next day and depending on what time the game is, I'll go out for breakfast and – um, get a coffee and get some poached eggs and avo. That's probably a bit of a staple for me. Um, and then, yeah, sort of I'll try and head to the ground a little bit earlier, um, particularly in the, the Queensland environment and have an early hit with the coaches in the nets and sort of really get my body moving in that sense. And, um, yeah, sort of when I've finished that, I'll go back into the change room and and write, write down sort of where my head's at and – what I want to get out of the game um, on that day and then, yeah, sort of sit and compose myself. Might have a bit of a boogie in the change room <laughs> depending on what what music's on and then, yeah, go out and get ready to, to warm up with the team. When you are hitting up in the nets before a match, what is it that you're chasing? Like how do you know when you're done? Because I think sometimes there can be the monotony of just hitting for the sake of hitting or bowling for the sake of bowling. What is it that, that – when you, I don't know when it happens, you go sweet. I'm done. Um, well, for me, I like getting the feel of a, a few different shots. Um, obviously, taking into account what the the wicket's doing. Generally, the practice wickets at venues are, are fairly similar to what the middle's going to be like. So, um, making sure that I can get my body in the appropriate positions to play um, a couple of different shots, and just making sure I get myself my body over the ball and. Um, obviously get feedback from from the coaches as well um, with that. So, yeah, if I've sort of got a few of the shots that I need and what I'm searching for, then um, I'm generally pretty happy. What's been the biggest learning of your career? Can be on-field, off-field? It would definitely be balance in your life. Um, Yeah, without a doubt, that's one of the biggest things that – for me, I've noticed when I've had the balance in my life right, I've actually played – much better as well and I've been a lot more content and a lot happier um not necessarily being the best performer every time but knowing I guess there's been a lot more consistency in terms of emotions across um both good and bad games and then I guess young kids coming through and and you do a lot of work with 
clinics and, and seeing a lot of the young talent out there, particularly through our pathway systems as well. There's a lot of um, girls playing on 15s and under 18s and even the number of girls playing is, is quite incredible. What's a piece of advice that you would pass on to a young cricketer or someone that wants to play another sport at an elite level um, that's either just getting started or kind of in those really kind of critical um, developmental ages? I think it's just a matter of making sure you persist with it. Um, we're always told as cricketers that you have more bad days than good days, but when you have those good days, it makes it so worth it. Um, so it's, yeah, just you got to stay persistent and making sure that um, whenever you've had a bad day or um, a bad game that you are actually only one one game, like particularly in cricket, you're one innings away from being okay again. Um it's sort of you just got to make sure you you keep working hard and um, the results will come based on the work that you put in. And I guess finally you've you've mentioned the World Cup and we've spoke about the World Cup in the last episode. How does preparation differ uh, for a T20 World Cup versus a one-day World Cup? But even in terms of other tournaments and other series that you have going on around the year, what changes um, as a team, what sort of meetings do you have is there there a lot of tactical stuff because obviously you are playing a number of different international teams within a very short space of time yeah well I guess firstly the the difference across formats is um I guess you'll have fast bowlers will have different loads that they'll have to get through if you're playing a 50 over game compared to a t20 you've got to try and make sure you can bowl 10 overs in a game as opposed to four and um probably have to have a little bit of bit more k's in your legs in terms of the running capacity as well and um i guess with t20s you on the other hand you have to make sure that whatever running you do is sort of probably short sharp bursts and high intensity because that's more likely what you're going to be doing it's sort of hustle and bustle and so fast paced that you got to make sure you can keep up to that and perform when you're under fatigue in that sense and um i guess the planning thing's also different that if you've got a world cup event you're playing a different team every couple of days as opposed to a bilateral series where you're playing the one team five times. So um, planning sort of has to be done sort of prior to the event um, and then you sort of knuckle down maybe the night before or the afternoon before you play your opponent, the key sort of messages out of, um, and I guess, plans that you want to sort of try and exploit um, in the next game as opposed to sort of going and altering as you go along with with a bilateral series you sort of have that luxury to be able to do that if someone gets away from you you can sort of make sure how are we going to keep them quiet next time and um, I guess for us as well the beauty of it is you've got so many international players playing in our domestic competition now that you sort of you've got a lot of footage that you can go back over you've got inside knowledge if they're part of your your team in the big bash and um, I think yeah it's sort of got a lot more access to to planning sources and um, very good analysts and that. So we definitely do a lot of that. But I think for me personally, um, I try and keep everything as consistent as I possibly can. Um, It's always easy in big events to sort of let that overawed you. Um, But I think one thing we're going to be looking as a a team with this World Cup is embracing um, the fact that it's at home and We've got all this support as opposed to seeing it as extra pressure. Well, thanks again, JJ. Like I, I think it's it's awesome to hear some of those insights and I think particularly 
um, just a little little habits and the little, little routines that you have uh, around the game as well. Because again, we only see what's what's out on the field and what actually we don't actually get to witness or, or see what goes into it. So thanks again and, and good luck with this World Cup. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I would love to hear any feedback you have on the episode so far. Hit me up on social media or feel free to leave a review in the podcasting platform you're listening through. Next week, we have the first off-field game changer, the Australian women's cricket team dietitian, Eliza Freeney. She'll chat through what goes into making sure our elite female cricketers are prepared to perform, regardless if they've had a mammoth day, batting all innings and then fielding, or whether they haven't had a chance to spend much time in the middle. I'll see you then.